we're calling it Vision Vision Season. Ooh. Vision Season. I'm excited about that. Oh. I'd love. You all smiled at my wife. Can you smile at me? <laughs> Vision Season. Vision Season. That's all about. Gavin takes his mask down and gives me a smile. We're calling it Vision Season because why would you want to have a lot of times in church culture we have Vision Sunday. We actually have that every year. We usually have it every month of, uh, of February. Uh, but we were just sort of like looking at and praying and felt in our heart that God was directing us in the direction of Vision Season. It's such an important thing that we got to understand. And, and uh, we've been spending months, I've been preparing and praying and fasting and asking the Lord, God, guide me, lead us, show us. You know, the Bible talks in the book of Psalm about, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain, yeah. those that build it. And so if God's calling us to lead and God's calling us to build, we need to have God on our side. Or we need to get on God's side and yeah. be building what he's building. I found in life that it's, it's better to get along with God's plan and support it and there's a greater percentage yeah. of seeing something happen for the glory of God. And so yes. that's what we do in this. And so as I was preparing this over the last couple of months, some of you know that I've got a PT. Uh, I'm on this fitness journey. It is a, it is a journey. It is a journey. There's ups, there's downs, there's highs, there's lows, there's mountains, there's valleys. Uh, but it's been a great journey. It's been an enjoy, enjoyable journey. I feel more agile, more energy, sleeping better, so more active around with yeah. the kids. Uh, but I've been, I've been working with this PT. His name is Matt, uh, one of the greatest individuals I've met. Uh, and I feel like it's a God thing where I feel, obviously, he's helping me on this journey, but I feel there's a reason why we're together. He doesn't know Jesus yet. And so when we sat down the first time to talk about goals, he knew that I led a church and he knew I was a pastor. But Matt also has started a business and he's been leaning on to me for leadership advice and for strategy and constantly sending me. It's been a funny relationship because on one end, I'm helping him, but on the on one end, he's helping me, but on the other end, it feels like I'm helping him. Yeah. And, and, and so we've just had this great chemistry going. And so one day he sort of asked me, what do you do? You know, and I was like, how do you explain that? Like, because it's about their understanding of what a priest or a pastor or a father. I had a conversation. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was like, "Father Alwyn." He's <laughs> like, "Yes, my son." <laughs> he was two years older. He was twenty years older than me, but uh, uh, <laughs> with all the estrogen at home, I'll take anything to be a son. <laughs> and so, and so, Matt's like, "What do you do?" And, and and then he was trying to understand our organization, and I was talking about all the things that we do and stuff, and and, and he just said these words, and the words were, "What's." What's your vision? And, and the first thing that came to my mind was our vision statement. If you know our vision statement, we study it at, uh, at uh, Discovery, the lost found, the found led, the led raised. In fact, why don't Naturally, that was the <coughs> first thing that came up in my mind. It was just sort of like, that's our vision. But then as the words were coming out of my lips, I had to pull myself back. Because I began to put myself at the seat of Matt. And I began to wonder, does Matt really know he's lost? He knows his way home, so he's really not lost. In his context, uh, why are we finding stuff? Are we the lost and found agency? Uh, <clears throat> led, Matt, Matt, I find Matt a lot more driven and led and has greater leadership in his life than some Christians that I've met. 
So he doesn't really need leadership skills, but we know that being led is not just about leadership, but it's also about being spirit-led. But Matt does not know the Holy Spirit. And then the lead raised, and you know, Matt, Matt, Matt doesn't need any upbringing. We're not raising a kid here. So <coughs> I had to pull myself back and go, I love our vision statement, but I had to swallow for a minute. Vision's such a big deal, isn't it? It's a big deal. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about vision. In the book of Proverbs, there's a scripture that says, due to lack of vision, people perish. You know what I'm talking Things can go haywire. I found marriages that have gone haywire, not because anybody has cheated or anybody has done anything wrong, but I found, just a minute, I'll drink to a good marriage. <laughs> I found that the greatest marriages have great vision. In fact, Leah and have, I've had a great relationship, but the times we've worked the best, the times we've had great synchronization has been when there's been vision. Vision to buy something, vision to believe for something, vision to believe for someone, vision to save up, vision to not spend, vision to manage the expenses, vision for the kids, vision to parent. And so vision's a big deal. We need vision in life. You can't finish a university course if there isn't a vision. You can't even go through school if there isn't clarity of vision. We know of many organizations that have lost vision. And you know, you, you look at schools, if schools don't have clarity in their curriculum, there's a loss of vision. If marriages don't have a clear direction, there's a loss of vision. If ministries don't have the flow of vision, there is a loss of direction. If churches don't have a fullness of vision, people can sort of get disarray. And if you look at, and I've got friends in Australia and around the world, and what we are watching is globally there is a trend where people are disoriented, where people have stepped out or stepped in or on a journey or trying this and trying that. And we've experienced that here at Downport. We've had people on our leadership team that have stepped down and sort of we thought we're taking a break, but we don't see them next week. And, and, and that happens and you sort of ask the question, but the reality is in many ways, I think a lot of that has to do with a lack of vision. And it's nobody's fault. And so I have this thing called reverse translation because the Bible says where there is, a, where there is no vision, the people perish. But I want to say this morning, where there is an abundance of vision, the people Now, make no mistake, that does not mean big car, big home, big family, big encounter. No, no, I'm talking about a life that is so big that you have to be generous. A life that is so big that you have no choice but to be sacrificial. A life that is so big that you're living for the person beside you, in front of you, behind you. That's the kind we're talking about. And so to have people that flourish... I thought a big bank account would cost flourishing. I thought being married to the right person means flourishing. I thought having a lot of kids mean you're flourishing. But my Bible tells me that big vision, an abundance of vision, causes people to flourish. So then we are at this place where we cannot make excuses as to why we are doing a vision series. We're not doing a vision series because we need to get stuff done or we, we got to pay bills or we got to make ends meet. We're doing a vision series because I've come to realize that churches, families, bodies thrive on the back end of the big vision. And the reason why we're talking about vision is not really because of, 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 of something physical or something tangible, but it's actually something more deeper than that. It's something spiritual and it's something so deep. 
And vision's such a big deal. We've got to understand that. And so I want to just do a quick recap. In the year 2020, every year we start with vision and we had February in the month. And we started taking steps with that towards the council and we started getting a few challenges along the way and I'll mention that in a moment. And, and that, that began to happen but we were still advancing and then we had this thing called COVID-19 come and sort of deprive us of any next steps forward and so we had the vision of the building. Then we had a vision for schools. Some of you remember how I jumped up and I shared about how we are active in three schools. say for the record I've been I've had people tell me lately you got to start reaching older people because older people make the church more stable and older people don't move can I say if we need to see a move of God we need to be reaching who TikTok's reaching and I love the fact that I've got people over the age of 40 that will give to a vision that they may never live to see I'm doing this not for you I'm doing this for your kids And so I'm, I'm okay to live a life where there will be challenges, there will be sacrifices, there will be things that we may not see in a lifetime, but we're not building this thing for the next 10 years, we're building this for the next 100. And so big vision requires that. And so we have a vision of getting into schools and we will never compromise that. We will keep going for the schools. And let me tell you, we're not specifically going after a demographic. We want everybody to be a part of Downport Church. But we understand that even the schools are working against the churches, so we will use every opportunity to get in there. But COVID-19 comes along and we can't get into the schools. In fact, the school kids can't go into school. Everybody's on Zoom. And so all our school programs get scattered. And then we have this big vision of planting a church in Dubai. June 2019, Vision Week. We had Vision Gala and we spoke about how God was leading us. We had clear dreams, clear directions. Pastor Regan and Pastor Katie put their hands faithfully saying yes to the call. And in fact, in the month of December in 2019, we spent three weeks there. Lee and I, these guys spent a couple of days with us. We spent time praying, processing, believing, hoping. They were on their way. They were selling stuff. The plane was taking off. Uh, they were well and truly ready to move early 2020. And just something in our hearts said, let's give it a couple of months. Let's just delay it a bit. Little did we know that they were... They did not even know themselves that there was a third baby on the way. And even more than that, that COVID-19 was going to shut everything down. And so sometimes we've got to thank God for the delay. Sometimes we've got to thank God for the doors that close. Sometimes God has a plan and a purpose. And, and what I want to say is I do come bearing news that we do have an online church in Dubai. We do have people that we're building with together. And at the right place at the right time, when the airport's open, we're going to go out there and we're going to hit the ground running. And I think we're going we're gonna to pioneer this in a, in a much more incredible way. So that's still in the pipeline. But just plans changed. Vision changed shifted it wasn't just what we had hoped for then we had this big dream of reaching 50,000 people in six nights in the nation of png we had this dream in 2020 that we were going to go out there and do a crusade with pastor tim hall for 10 to 15,000 a night 
and see lots of people reach for Jesus, give an opportunity for young people, young and old, to come along, to lay hands on the sick, for belief for miracles and all sorts of things. And in fact, some of you might not know this, but in the month of early, first week of March, we already had a person who represented our team from Melbourne go to PNG to make the connections happen, to book in the stadiums. And then the airport shut and Planet Shakers Church was generous enough to extract that person from PNG back to Melbourne. <laughs> praise God. Thank God for Pastor Tim and thank God for Planet Shakers. And he went there on behalf of us. So praise God. But here's what I'm trying to say. We had all these things that we casted out and this thing called COVID-19 came. I hated this thing. I was, let me tell you, there are two kinds of pastors during COVID-19. The one that was saying sanitizing, go and buy 50,000 50, toilet papers. I wasn't one of those. I was digging the underground church. <laughs> when COVID-19 began, I was like, no, I'm going to be one of those. This is persecution. This is end times. Let's get an underground church. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I was going all out. And we fought hard. We fought hard. In fact, every time they put in a new restriction, we were like, let's add another service. Only 30 people can meet. Let's add another service. In fact, we were thinking at that last weekend when we were going to do, we were, thought we were going to do a service. We were thinking of doing like five services or something like that. And then the news came out on a Friday that literally places of worship cannot meet. And, and I remember going into a meeting and Leah was on her knees. Leah's always way more spiritual sacrificing and thanking the Lord and praising God and I'm holding my chest tight holding on to my church no God I'm not giving it to you this is <laughs> this is crazy I have plans here what's going on God and you know I'm sort of hesitant there's some of the staff members there so I'm hesitantly getting on my knees and can I say I was the pastor being dragged into change and so this was happening and then we realized that we had to do this thing called online church but I said to our team, I don't want to do it like everyone else is doing it where they're standing on a stage and everybody's in their PJs watching at home. I said, let's bring a home experience to them. And so we came up with the idea of creating this atmosphere of, of a home feeling, even if people couldn't come out because no one could even meet. And then we said, you know what, we need to get people to meet somehow. And then we heard about a church called Influences in the U.S. that uh, we're doing this thing called church, uh, Zoom Church, and we said, let's pull that thing in. And what we did was we identified Zoom hosts, and the only way you could be a part initially of our services, now we put our services on Facebook and YouTube, but unlike a lot of places, we did not measure what was happening there. We only looked at who was coming into a Zoom group. And can I say, it was incredible. And during the peak, I think we had 17 Zoom groups activated. In fact, if you're a Zoom host, that during that period, why don't you stand up? I just want to take a moment to honor you. Jason, why don't you stand up? Come on, don't be shy. Shadi, why don't you stand up? Why don't we thank these guys? Don't be shy. We're waiting on you, Shadi. Stand up. Just, just stand up because I'm asking you to. It's all good. You go for it, girl. You go for it. Oh, is she aching? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, Jared's standing. But well, we want to thank you guys for your faithfulness in gathering people and loving on people. And it was a great way where we led, fed, and cared for the church. And it was such an incredible season. But what really happened was the day things changed for me was we had to, we had to record this thing. We had to record our videos, right, somewhere. We couldn't go to any houses. Our house was not video friendly then. And so uh, we said, we got to find something. So we booked a hotel, we booked a room, 
And the boys, they went in, they set it up, they gave me the address. I go there. It was only when I arrived there, when I took out my GPS, I did not even look at the address, that I realized the address of the street that we were recording our messages from. It was called 19 Hope Street. 19. using the word COVID-19, starting with me, uh, to Hope 19. Now all my passwords are, I love Hope 19. So, so and, I, and, and literally, friends, in a, in a moment, I realized that God was not saving us from 2020. He was saving us for 2020. And, and, and the impact, the impact, the impact of this is so incredible that the, it's hard to articulate the impact. It's hard to articulate the atmosphere. We had over 120 nations watch our videos online, but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the nations that became a part of a Zoom experience. We've got nations from the United Arab Emirates to Kuwait to Turkey to Georgia to Lithuania to Poland to Czech Republic to New Zealand. How many of you know New Zealand? And for some of these places, they were in lockdown for close to a year. And the only human beings that they were literally having contact with was some of our people in our church. Imagine the impact that we've had to the nations. These are not people. These are not stats or metrics. These are not clicks or impressions. These are literal point of contacts of people that we had that joined into a Zoom family. Some of them traveled with us for months. Some of them for weeks. Some of them for days. But regardless of that, God was lifted up and it was such a powerful season. And then we came back into physical church. We didn't come back to church. Some people are like, when are we coming back to church? We were always there. We were not in physical meetings, but we were always there. And we come back to our old building. Maybe if you're new, you might not know that we actually had a building once. And it was on 25 Discovery Drive. And we... That's how we built the church. And it was great before COVID. But it was dangerous after COVID. And so that completely messed up what we could do. I think at its peak, we could only have 35 people in the room. And we got stuck because we've got a lease that we have been paying all through COVID on that thing. And then we still need to have a place to meet for our people. And we sort of, it's almost like, it's almost like, imagine this. It's almost like you're flying a plane mid-flight. It's about to cl- crash. It's low on fuel. And then you're changing directions. And you've got to tank up, fuel up, let people know it's okay, and move to a different destination. And some of you know what I'm talking about. The months of September to November And I want to thank every parent because your kids were in that building doing kids' church and you trusted our team with that. And we were here at the hotel doing church. And it was a trying time. It was a difficult time. It was a a time of unknown. People would come up and say, hey, what's next? I was like, I don't know. You tell me. You know, when you pray Tuesday morning, tell me what God says. You know, and, and it was an unknown time. We were trying to navigate. We were trying to work out. And, and, and I think, uh, we were playing this game of maybe the restrictions will ease off and there were some that felt that we would come back to that building and I thought maybe they would get it back into norm and so we're holding on and we've got equipments there, thousands of dollars worth of equipments 
And then we were sort of like, nothing's changing. And then in the month of December, I made the decision. I said, we've got to pull the pin on this thing. It was dangerous. And it was, it was a tough one because it was not even like we had a little bit of a closure. It was not like we had a last service there. We just had to make the call because we were losing money, paying for this thing, not being able to meet in there. How are we going to do this? And, and, and so uh, I checked with some of the board. You notice I said some, not all. <laughs> and I made an executive decision <laughs> to, pull the pin, to pull the pin on it. And, and, and so we let them know and they gave us, we had to give them three months notice. And in the middle of that, we had to navigate storage facilities. So now we've got, and we've been meeting in the hotel, we're meeting there, and now we've got this third thing, a storage facility that we've got to organize. We've got to move all these things into the storage facility. I do not know if we need to get extra storage. Maybe we did. But there was all these logistics happening without us still knowing what's happening. And so then I came up with the idea, let's meet in the hotel for a season, but we still need what you call a midweek hub. You know, because like we just in coffee shops and we just in Starbucks and we just in each other's homes and we've got to have a midweek hub because what if we want to have a prayer meeting? What if you want to do a discovery thing? What if you want to do a new Christians program? So I, I jumped online. I was looking for the smallest building, the smallest building. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm not even looking at it. Nothing drew me to it. Wasn't attracted to it. Did not want a bar of it. And so the next day or two days later, I was in the office with Regan and Desire rocks up. No one invited him. Actually, yes. <laughs> I did invite him. I think he said to his wife that he was called because he was trying to get rid of the kids or something. But, <laughs> but Desire rocks up and he's like, Pastor, and I've got the board full of strategies and this is what we're going to do. And I've already mapped out with Regan, like we're going to have a, we're going to meet in the hotel in the season. We're going to have a storage facility. We're just going to be smooth. We're just going to be smooth. All we need is a truck. Give me a truck and we can take on the world for Jesus. We're going to be smooth. We're going to have streamlined the whole thing. We're going to get Petrus in the mix because we know no one can do Tetris like Petrus. And so <laughs> we got, we got to. We're going we to meet in the hotel. I've worked it all out. All we need, guys, for consistency is a midweek hub. Find the smallest building, smash it with our logo, everything will look okay. You know, because you just need to show, like, the church something's happening. You know, sometimes when you don't know what to do, you just make a good, beautiful card, and everybody thinks everything's going okay. So, so we like doing this, and, and Desire's like, Pastor, can you show me what you've been looking at? And so he starts looking at it, and I think I sent him a few links, and I actually didn't send him the link of that one building that I wasn't interested in. He finds that. And he's like, Pastor, what about this one? I said, oh, that doesn't fit the profile. You see, Desire, that building's too big. Remember, uh, I know you sometimes don't understand what I'm saying, but we're looking for a midweek hub, not ginormous building, midweek hub, just something to get us by. We're not looking at a building, midweek hub. And he's like, let's just go see it. And the reason he wanted to go see, can I say the building looks so ugly online? The reason he wanted to see it was because there was air conditioning. And for a commercial building, for a commercial building, it costs 150 to 200K to install air conditioning. So he's, he's thinking that way. So he's like, let's just go see the building. And I'm like, no, no. I'm in strategy meeting. Can't you see my board is full? I'm taking photos of this board so I can wipe it off and write the next piece of strategy. And he's like, pastor, just come, just come. All right. Hesitantly get into the car. 
And can I just say, for the record, I'm the most excited about seeing a building, but this one in particular, I had no interest. By the way, in the last three and a half years, I've walked through 29 buildings. And so I was just like, no, just, just leave it. He says, let's just go, let's just go. We had no access, we had no permission to get onto it. We just went on the way to the building, probably a minute away from the building. I looked around me and I saw the street. And on my Bluetooth, <laughs> Desire's face comes. <laughs> and I press the green button. And he goes, Pasta, <laughs> are you seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> are you seeing what I am seeing? <laughs> and I'm like, I think I am. <laughs> I think I am. I think I am. This looks good. This is not too bad. It's not too bad. It's not too bogan. This is pretty good. So, <laughs> so, so, so we drive into this place. I'm still, can I just be, I'm still, I'm, this wasn't me, man of faith. I'm not parading. Oh, I had so much faith. I'm still arms length, walls up. You know, I've been beaten. I've been bruised. Nothing's going to happen. And, and he's like, He's like, uh, listen, he's putting his head through the he's putting his head through the glass thing, and it's by the time I put my head in, it's all foggy and misty from the breath of desire. <laughs> and 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 so we're looking at it, but something in me was like, I cannot say no. It intrigued me. And then desire's like, gets all spiritual. He's like, let's pray, let's pray. It's like, oh, let's hold hands and pray. Okay. So we're holding hands and praying. And as we're praying, it starts drizzling. And you know you got to notice when it's raining when you lead a church called Downpour. <laughs> and it was a sunny day. And so I'm like, okay, what's going on? Okay. And can I just say, I did not spearhead this. I was hesitant. They dragged me. And Desire was making calls, calling this person, calling that person. We got other people on our board jumping in and doing this and doing that. And I'm the whole way through, I'm like, oh, maybe, oh, maybe. And then I call our town planner, and I said to him, hey, there's this building they're talking about. And he goes, I know the building you're talking about. He goes, in fact, another church looked at it six months ago. They went to the council. It did not look really good for them, uh, and they pulled a pin on it. I'm like, oh, there you go. It can't be all good, guys. There's a speed bump here. I know, me of little faith, <laughs> and you have me as your pastor. <laughs> and so... <laughs> God help us all. And so, and so, uh, and so it's like there's this issue here, and 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 we said we said let's still let's still have a look at it. And so, we 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 hesitantly do the whole pre-lodgement. Now the whole process is there's this thing called pre-lodgement, and pre-lodgement is where you sit down and they tell you the red flags, the 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 yellow flags, the not sure, the definitely no, the maybes. I've I've been to. Three of these already. This was going to be my fourth one. All three of them have been pretty bad. In fact, uh, the one, the building that we announced for Vision Sunday in 2020, when I emailed a council, a council councillor member in the region, division member in the region, someone got uh, information, wind of that email, gets my email and sends me a a six-paragraph letter on why we cannot be there. And I shared this with another person who worked in the council. He said, do you realize, and I should be careful if I say this, should say this nicely, do you realize that people in the council are not looking for more job? They've got a lot of job, a lot of work. They're not going out there to look for more. He, I'm putting it in a nice way. <laughs> and he said, this is a spiritual attack. So we've, 
we've had this over the years where there's been resistance, 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 resistance. And so I'm going into this pre-lodgement meeting already, like I've got my baseball bat and my cricket bat and everything ready <laughs> to smash this thing if something's coming our way. And we sit in this meeting and even the town planner, he was part of the journey of another church for the same building. And he's like, there's going to be a few curveballs. We're going to watch how we go. And can I say, Downport Church, I was at this meeting, I was just like, is this a dream? Is this really happening? Because they really didn't say anything. And you know things are going well when 20 minutes in, 25 minutes in, they're telling you how to do your application. When they're saying, this is a part of the website, and this is what's going to happen, and this is what you're going to get back, and this is how much it's going to cost you. I've been in three others. They've never said that before. So I'm like, maybe there's something here. Maybe. So let's, let's keep moving forward. And so... Uh, then I said, Leah, you got to come and see the building. What do you think? Got the board and some other people that I love and I trust. I said, why don't you come see the building? What do you think? What do you think? I've just been asking that question. What do you think? Would you like to see the building? Why don't you look through the screens? <laughs> it's vision season. And right now I've got a myriad of feelings, emotions pulsating through my mind. I've got emotions of faith, hope, excitement, unbelief, shock, wonder. But I think the greatest emotion or the biggest emotion that I feel right now is a sense of incredible peace. Downpour Church, what I have in my hands is the key to our new home, your home our home and I'm actually on site at our new building and I want to take this opportunity to invite you to yes give God the glory give God the praise but also know that we've got work to do but before we get there I want you to imagine with me what God is going to do through this place the hearts the journey the transformation that's going to happen through this house from this place I believe we're going to preach the gospel and the gospel is going to go from here, touch this region and to the ends of the earth. But you know what's the truth? I think in many ways, we're just getting started. Just getting started, just getting started. And uh, there is work to do. There's a lot to believe for, uh, but God's going to make it happen. Uh, we don't have what it takes to do the fit outs, but God's going to make it happen. God's going to provide. I do have news that we've already done a lodgement on the building. So that happened a couple of weeks back and everything is looking in the positive direction. People, we've already had teams in just the weekend gone beginning to do a basic fit out. 
So work's already begun to happen. And uh, as, as the weeks go, we will let you know how you can be a part of this. But here's the thing, guys. I think more than anything, more than anything, uh, we need a launch team. We need a launch team to take us to the next level. I'm reminded of the previous building when we launched in there, we had a launch team of 25. But as I look across this room, there's 100 odd people and I'd love 100 people on the launch team to see 500, 600 people on this side for the glory of God. And I believe God's going to do great things. And so I just want to encourage us. I want you to imagine with me. I want you to believe with me that what we can do in this area. It's, it's one of the, the, later on I realized that we are on one of the major highways and every three days, 20,000 to 30,000 cars pass through that highway. So such a significant, such a significant location, such a significant area to be strategically located. We've got the Sunshine Coast University right next door, two other schools right next door. And we've got, we've got McDonald's, two McDonald's right next to it. Uh, so how many of you know when you need a McDonald's, God's yeah. doing something. And we're believing, we're believing that, uh, we're believing for this. And the beauty, uh, we actually didn't show you all of the building. We actually didn't even show you a kids church. That's not in kids church. We've got a whole other space for kids church. Our kids church is twice the size of our previous auditorium. The auditorium is three and a half size, the previous uh, size of the previous one. And then we've got our own foyer, our own lobby. And I think it's going to be great. We worked with a bunch of architects, spent a lot of money, and uh, we said to them, uh, well, can you design this building? What am I giving to? Show me what the building looks like. That is what it's going to look like. That right there. Let me tell you just one of the stories. Andre came to one of our services. It was our first Sunday. It was our first water baptism service post-launch. And he had never been at a service. And I preached a message called the Impressions of Instagram. And that message convicted him for whatever reason. He said, Pastor, I need to turn. I need to repent. I need to give my life to Jesus. And, and, and right then and there, he said, I want to be water baptized. Andre is still going well, lives in Sydney, visits our church anytime he's here. And can I say, over the years, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of people have been saved and have been touched through this ministry. And that's what really you're giving to. That's what you're giving to. That's what you're giving to. That's what you're a part of. And I, want, and I want every person in this room to be prayerfully considering this season's going to be really awkward for you if you're not part of what we're going to push into. It's like what Pastor Leah said. We're having this baby and, you know, we're in the labor room now. We've just announced we're pregnant. That's about it. But we're going to go into the labor room. And so we need people that say, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of making a difference. I want to be a part of seeing revival in this region. That is what this season's about. That's what the vision season's all about. That's what we're going after because can I just say, in many ways, we are only getting started. So back to my conversation with my PT. You're like, he shared a story and just left it hanging. Remember that story I shared about my PT? And I felt awkward about, about the vision statement. I felt awkward about it, and, uh, and so I couldn't say the lost found and the found led. And 45 minutes after our workout, something came in my mind. And as I was walking out of the room, I said to him, hey, you want to know what our organization's all about? He said, yeah. And, and these words came out, and I believe they were prophetic, and the words were, come and see. <laughs> and, then I thought, and then I thought to myself, Matt's going to come one day to church, and he's going to see stuff, but I don't want him to just come and see. I also want him to go and tell. Dapo, 
Church, our new vision statement for 2021 and moving forward is come and see and go and tell. Come and see. Look what the Lord has done. Come and see how people have encounters. Come and see the change, the transformation, the miracles that you're a part of so that you can go into all the world, make disciples so you can go and tell and make a difference. Come and see. So what's happening to the lost found? We still have any. It's just had a promotion. It's going to become our mission statement. The mission statement moving forward is the lost found, the found led, the led raised. Our vision statement, which every child can even learn in kids' church, is come and see, go and tell. Are we blessed, downpour? I believe God's doing something incredible in this place. And I know there's a lot to process and a lot to take in. And can I say where the address, the address, the church is only seven, seven to nine minutes from here. Don't worry, you won't have to relocate for it. I know you'd love to do that. Uh, but don't worry about the address. Don't, I don't want you to worry about those things. What I want you to think about is life change. What, when you think about the foyer, those are the pictures that we want to get a hold of. That's what we're giving to. That's what we're believing for. We're believing ten times of what we've seen before, that God would do ten times more in Jesus' name.